Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Mara Seneff. Mara is the mother of Ryan Seneff. Ryan, born with a surprise diagnosis of Down syndrome, has been raised with a no-limits mentality. And we're going to talk about this and much more. Hello, Mara. Hi, how are you? Good. So no limits mentality, which I love the whole idea of no limits mentality. Talk about that. So um, as you know, I mean, a diagnosis of any kind, it comes with a set of limits. It's like you're put in a box with limits. And so for us, our diagnosis for our son was Down syndrome. And we just felt like it was time to set new outcomes and we didn't like the data or outcomes that was out there. And so the story we heard from physicians and educators and, you know, it was just, oh yeah, they just kind of walk around like that with a low white blood count or yeah, it's going to take a while. Or they actually gave us a separate growth and milestone chart. Really? For Ryan. And Interesting. my husband and I took one look at that and we just knew it was time to get to work. It was just going to take more work. We knew anything could be worked on or improved. And so we just really turned over a lot of rocks and learned that, you know, there are no limits to what someone can achieve. And a lot um, more available to you than maybe you were show- so so let's let's start at the beginning when you i mean you give birth to Ryan you you now have this diagnosis i mean what what was going through your mind at that time um shock and an overwhelming you know sadness and at the loss you know we were really having to mourn the loss of what we thought we had. Right. And, you know, that is an important um, process to go through. But um, I think the burn, you know, of course we had just questions about the future. Like, is he going to live with us and all these things? And we just kept going back to living in day tight compartments and all you can control is today. And that really helped us with our overreaching feeling of the more we do today, the easier tomorrow will be. And that, like, let's be honest, it's all about making my life easier or mom's life easier, you know? Well, but so. I, that's an understanding thing, right? I mean, you have other kids, you have other things in life. And so, you know, and I, and I think that that is a really, I think it's one of the most difficult thing for, for mothers that, have children where it's like the one child that takes up so much time and so much energy and there's so much to do. It's, it's very easy for yourself to get lost in that process as, and, and, you know, for friendships to fall away and for the other kids to be like, hello, I'm here too. And I, I have to imagine, I mean, you had a lot to deal with you. I mean, I now, now that I've got to talk to you a lot, I know lots you know, mm-hmm. and just thinking about things like one of the things you shared about me was potty training. That's already a difficult thing. Take it times 10 million for you. 
yeah. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was, I don't know why I'm crying. I always cry. It's um, okay. It's, this is tough. So this is emotional. Yeah, it was You're just. You're a mom. I think the story we heard, we kept searching for answers and, and you know, you might be venting to a friend or, or a physician and, and really the story was limits and just, this is the deal. You have to get, just get used to it. This is, and this is what it's so, going to be. Just accept it. It's is what they wanted yeah. you to do. And yeah. Did. And so you didn't do oh, that. No. <laughs> so a lot <laughs> of the questions I asked, it was like, well, he has a low white blood count. We learned that at two weeks old what do we do to fix that? And just everyone looked at me like, why are you like, they just walk around like that. And I'm like, they, are they like a different species? You know, it was almost like a ticket, like a free pass to not try. And leukemia is more common with, with kids with Down syndrome. And Ryan's counts were really horrific. He was followed by a hematologist for a number of years and tested emergently for leukemia due to different petechial rashes and fevers all the time. And, um, you know, thank God he, knock on wood, hasn't gotten leukemia and we've turned his white blood count. It's in normal range now, which is really unheard of. And this is one of the reasons a lot of physicians around the world are following Ryan's case. Um, But yeah, it was just a story of unknown and, or uh, of limits and, so we tried tripling the amount of therapy and running on this hamster wheel, but because Ryan's health was so tenuous for so long, it just, he couldn't get out of this drowning feeling of triaging acute illness all the time. Got Like yeah. thick goo coming out of his ears and respiratory Aww. infections and stuff like that. Hospital but stays. One of the things that I think is really important for people to understand is, you know, you you decided early on with this no limits mentality that you were going to change the trajectory. I mean, because because that was basically mapped out. It was like, here, here is what's going to happen and here's what's expected. So that's what this is. And you said, hmm, I think I want to change this. And you were willing to go beyond your own thoughts. You know, like you had told me once before, you know, I, you were all about the Western medicine and anything outside of Western medicine was just silly and you shouldn't be doing it. Wasted time. Hello, we've got it going on here. Why aren't you listening to just what the Western medicine's all about? You went outside of all that. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that when they have chronic illness, which is essentially what how Down syndrome's health manifests itself is like an autoimmune disorder. And, you know, my background with Merck and in medical device sales with Bard had me on this one rigid path and I was rushing him to antibiotics and surgeries. And he's had more antibiotics than probably half my family put together. Right. And, um, and then it was like, no one was connecting the dots to like why he only pooped every couple of weeks or why he was always sick or, you know, and I rushed him to those antibiotics, believe me. But, um, after a while, it was like our time was running out. He was in kindergarten and I knew he was sleeping on the floor in the library and I knew we were headed for another ICU stay with pneumonia. 
and he he didn't have the language to say he didn't feel well. So I was like, we have to pull him out of kindergarten. We have to turn this ship around or we're going to be back in the ICU. So I randomly broke my foot a few months later and, and, um, found myself in a boot and crutches with three kids. I was playing hockey in the driveway with my kids wearing flip-flops like a total idiot. And so at this point I was above nothing. And I, I, I had three kids who needed me in the pool. (laughs) And so, um, I just, my physician MD is from India and she has a global view to see that there's a lot of things out there that work. And just because something wasn't invented in the U.S. doesn't mean it doesn't work. So she sent me to a PhD, traditional Chinese medicine doctor. And I rolled my eyes. I used to roll my eyes at this stuff when I was selling medication for for Merck. But I also knew, you know, I had sold a drug that was pulled off the market. And I had sold another couple of drugs that treated the side effects of that first drug that was pulled off the market. And so... Of course, I still give him medicine. He's on a thyroid pill every day sure, and all that right, stuff. Right. But, but, but that isn't all there is. What we were doing was not working. He, right. his, every lab was horrific. His kidneys were way too small. His, you know, one was two standards deviations smaller than the other. And they were talking about kidney surgery. Oh my God. He was barely hanging off on outside the ICU. And that's a quote from his medical doctor, his MD. So I I went in there for my own foot and had immediate pain relief with this PhD, traditional Chinese medicine doctor, and the swelling went down to the point where I was putting weight on it that night. And she was like, don't do that. Hello, look at the x-ray. It's really broken. But she said, that's common. People have so much pain relief, they do too much. So I kept going because I felt like I was doing something. And I just vented to her one day about Ryan's labs that were all still horrific. Couldn't, you know, he was on vitamin B shots and all these things and nothing was getting into his cells. His MD was like, this is not working. So um, she just looked at me and very nonchalantly and said, you can't just raise the dose. He's not absorbing it. That will not do anything you have to get him to absorb vitamins in his food. And I just looked at her. It was like the world stopped for a second. This feeling came over me. Like I knew we had unlocked to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Now's the time to listen. Exactly. Yeah. Like I had opened the door to new possibilities for Ryan. And she said, yeah, we have to get him to... I said, should I bring him in? Like, can you do that? I looked at her like she had 10 heads and she said, bring him in. We'll stabilize his stomach and go from there. And so in two weeks, she got him pooping every single day. Oh my gosh. And that alone was such a huge quality of life improvement for everyone in our whole family. I cannot express to you how huge that was. My husband travels and works 90 hours a week. And I was, it was a bad situation. (laughs) He was at one point on a daily suppository for over a year and then a ton of colon blow. And, you know, people had told me, he'll be on a diaper or the colon blow for the rest of his life. But he was behaviorally potty trained. And he, I did fly him to New York City when he was three and had him behaviorally potty trained by an ABA behavioral therapist 
And he, on the morning of day two, walked in independently indicating that he had to use the bathroom. And he left him. You took that, as you said, you changed that trajectory there. You also changed, and then you said he, you know, he came in, he, he's verbal, much more verbal and able to express. Like that yeah. was a big part of this. If, if I'm remembering correctly that, you know, these kids, they have to be able to say, here's what's going on. I have, to, this is what's happening. I need to tell you. And he was not able to, but you, that was another place where you were able to help him. Yeah. So for us, it was like, we kept attacking this problem this one way, which was tripling his therapy and running on this hamster wheel. And he was making progress, but he was still so sick. It was like one step forward, three steps back. And all of his early intervention therapists were absolutely in the trenches with us every day on that. Um, But he needed like to flip the tables on the whole plan at this point by age six. It was like- He didn't have the language to say he didn't feel well, to say, how do you play that game or advocate with his peers? He needed more play skills. Um, And then additionally, he needed his health overhauled. So when we hired this one, you know, we pulled him out of kindergarten, hired this one PhD, ABA behavioral therapist, and she focused on intense language acquisition and um, helping him manage his like behavior. He had developed like a pretty rigid or a pretty severe flop and drop. You know, if he didn't got, yeah. In terms of like people would look at his non-compliance and it was non-compliance, but he also didn't have the language to say like, can you help me zip my coat? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you know? Right. And so this whole spinning mess develops for kids with special needs as they get older. And in preschool, they're little and cute and they hug you and convince you to zip your coat for them. Right. 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 But then they get older and it's like, you need to zip your own coat and tie your own shoes, <laughs> you know? And people, it's like this learned helplessness. And right. so it's got to be frustrating. It's got to yeah, be so, so it's frustrating, frustrating to not be understood. And, and I can see where I'm like, forget it, flop and drop. I'm going there because this is just. Is it too much? Why don't you get what I'm trying to tell you? What, what, so there's all these things that you've done and you're doing this for your family, but you're also seeing a brighter future for others. Yeah. You're like out there talking to people, (laughs) ma'am. Well, first of all, in our own family, like he's no longer going to be a health burden to his siblings. His, you know, labs are all in normal range. He's amazing. Went from lethargic to thriving and running and sprinting and playing lacrosse and skiing in the trees, you know. So it's not about like him doing more than any other kid. It's about improving his trajectory and anyone can improve their trajectory. But then, you know, he won't be a health burden to his siblings or we also improved his cognitive trajectory with all that language and teaching him all these self-care skills, he will be independent. And so, and is pretty independent. And so, you know, he's tying his shoes and there's this whole thing of, no, I'm not going to tie my shoes because I know if I sit here long enough, someone will come do it for me. Yes, we had to break down a skill and teach him that skill. And it took more work than the other, you know, his siblings. But um, now he's in the process of teaching his little sister how to tie her shoes. Oh, cool. 
Cool. So yes, we're talking with Senator Blunt and we've worked with them about on um, including both traditional Chinese medicine and this ABA behavioral therapy in NIH funding for people with Down syndrome. Um, For 20 years, there was literally no funding for people with Down syndrome within the NIH because their choice was to fund an early prenatal test for abortion. So this isn't a pro-life or pro-choice you know, debate, but right. there, no one can, I mean, there are millions of live humans out there with any chronic illness or developmental abnormality who need help. Right. And so Ryan's story is just one of many who that shows, you know, there are th- tools out there that work and people deserve tools that work. And a plan exactly. that works. We can't keep handing down this willy-nilly plan that doesn't work. And things have certainly improved. The Global Down Syndrome Foundation just added a medical care plan for adults with Down syndrome for the first time. I mean, that's huge. But we have to turn around the mentality um, from a medical system that is solely disease management, reactive sick care yes. to proactive. Um, preventative. And with traditional Chinese medicine, it's a totally different language and a different theory. But she, um, his physician says that it is called treating like development. So if you think about it, just in simple terms, Ryan's organs, his brain, his kidney, you know, they were all too small, (laughs) all these things um, didn't form correctly in the womb. So kids with a developmental abnormality need their developmental age like the gap closed so we obviously what we're doing isn't working we have to come in with some different tools and we can't just keep doing what we're doing if it's not working so now his development is at like age level his developmental age and his language is the gap is closing and you know that's the most important thing for his future but even that it before one of the things you told me is that, that it, it was that these kids would as they would get the gap would just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger exactly. and bigger and bigger. So it just it 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 now he's like right there. You've closed this gap. And now you're working with people like the NIH and such to help others to close that yeah. gap. And what I love, I mean, and this is so dreamy if this could happen. I, I mean, I would love for insurance to start covering preventative. That, yeah. That's outside that's of what is Western medicine, right? You know, it's like, okay, I get it, you know, but I don't want to go take pharmaceuticals. I, I mean, I want somebody to not help me manage an issue. I want somebody to actually help me to cure this or, you know, figure out how to get beyond it. So I would love for our insurance people to start to open up their eyes a little bit. Like, yeah, you can include acupuncture, you can include, you know, functional health, you can include whatever it is that will help you get well. Yeah, and that's why Ryan's case is so remarkable and and is followed by people in a lot of different countries, physicians in a lot of different countries, is that, you know, we don't have anything as far as I know that can produce those kinds of outcomes, like taking kidneys that were way too small to now growing normally for his size and age and weight. 
I've you know, taking all it. labs from horrific, scary, barely hanging on outside the ICU to all labs in normal range in five weeks. And along the way, his specialists were all mind blown. Uh, his urologist called him the phenomenon because he he's never seen a human. He had to triple check the ultrasound like five times to make sure it was the same kid. To so do you and have his, these doctors working together now with the traditional Chinese medicine people and such? Or Yeah, so his main MD uh, is incredible and people fly from all over the world to see her, Dr. Ratod. She's the one from India. And she does work with Dr. Zhang in, in like running the labs to maintain... You know, we're on top of that. He gets labs drawn frequently because of his thyroid and his white blood count history. Um, so they work together, but all of his specialists, like we don't need to go there anymore a lot. That's we do, awesome. they do follow him because um, that's the care plan for people with Down syndrome. And, you know, a lot of times their vision does not improve. It gets worse and they're, they can have hearing loss and all these things that get worse. So they do follow him. But Ryan has been able to avoid a number of surgeries that are pretty typical and routine uh, for people with Down syndrome, like um, removing tonsils and adenoids for sleep apnea. His doctor Zhang like solves that. And wow. um, his eye surgeon who he has had two eye surgeries when he was a baby, um, was one of the first specialists we saw and he was blown away. He said, what are you doing for his constipation? And then I just laughed and pointed to the boot and all this stuff. And he said, um, his farsightedness just improved by a third. Wow. And his vision went from 2070 to 2030. So just along the way, all of his specialists, many of them actually go see her personally. <laughs> Yeah, you got me seeing her. So Dr. Zhang, we're talking about you. So Dr. Zhang, <laughs> like how long, What, like from the time you started working with her, with Ryan, like how long of a time were you, have you been working with her? So it is 2020 and we started seeing her in about, with Ryan in about June of 2018. Gotcha. And we had his first labs drawn in July of 2018, showing all in normal range. Wow. And since then, they've been in normal range. His thyroid dose actually came down. He was on like a pretty high thyroid dose. Um, so it's just, it's just a, such a remarkable story that has really been humbling about how many people it's inspired of all different diagnoses who are searching for a lifeline. Right. Um, with whatever chronic illness or cancer or pain or ALS or um, an NBA announcer has flown to see her, a friend's brother. And just, I could go on and on with the stories. That could be like a whole separate podcast of <laughs> people who are like grandparents call her after five visits with their grandchild who's got all sorts of neurological and therefore gross motor and fine motor issues and they see progress immediately. So That's it's amazing. just about results. It's like, right. why can't we just support things and do both side by side that if it produces results? Like we just can't keep handing down a plan that is um, not providing adequate results or more just a care plan that 
their idea of prevention is like more surgeries. And a kid like Ryan, let's be honest, is like an ATM machine for hospitals. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So I can imagine. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Typically so, with that care plan with all the surgeries and stuff. So what is, I mean, where Ryan has been and where Ryan is now, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I've seen your videos there. It's just adorable. It's awesome. Is it so, are you like at a place where like, wow, this wasn't my dream. Like this wasn't what I saw happening when I was pregnant with Ryan, but here I am now. And are you like, I got, this is awesome. I mean, now you're going to make me cry again. Sorry, <laughs> um, but it's so amazing. You know, we never imagine these kinds of possibilities for Ryan. We try not to think too far in the future and doom and gloom, but when he was battling basically constant respiratory and ear infections, um, he just couldn't participate in life very well, like at all. I mean, you know, he, I'm not saying he was like the sickest kid on the planet. There are many kids who've overcome way more um, bigger things, but, but it's just, you know, when you have a sick kid who can't go to anything, it's tough on the whole family. And so now to see him thriving and, you know, running around playing lacrosse in the same club as his brother and skiing in the trees in Colorado. And I think I've one video on my Instagram of JP, his brother showing him how he plays hockey and he was showing him how to skate on these old school Fisher price roller skates. And he's teaching him crossovers like the one foot over the other that hockey guys do. And I cannot do it. And he laid his stick on the ground and said, all right, Ryan, you're going to jump over the stick and like sprint over there to that goal. And I was like, JP, it took you like years to learn crossovers, (laughs) let alone the whole jump crossover thing. And he's like, no, mom, he's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing amazing. Like, and here I am, like, why am I setting a limit? You know? And so anyway, now Ryan's like doing Kumon just like his brother and sister. And yes, he still has therapy and is working on closing the language gap. But now his he doesn't qualify for a develop a developmental disability, intellectual wow. disability. Um that's amazing. Still has some learning splinters, absolutely, but like he's moved from accommodations like a multiple choice compre- reading comprehension test to like verbalizing it himself at grade level. That is so incredible. So for you personally, I mean, this has to, I mean, the, you know, the, a child like Ryan, and I know that there are other parents out there that have children where, you know, you're just, you have to be so hyper vigilant in watching every single thing. Have you yourself gotten to just, I'm Mara again, I get to be Mara. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in the pandemic, he's a at school at home, but he has a lot of therapists helping and he's, it's actually been a silver lining for him because his progress is just going like this, just exponentially improving. And he's got tons of friends playing in the neighborhood, touch football and lacrosse and hockey, you know, all the time. Um, So yeah, I do 
try to exercise. It's a different schedule and, you know, different things, but I'm pretty busy helping a lot of people who want to achieve more for the next generation. And, you know, parents don't know what they don't know. Like I didn't know anything and I was just searching for a lifeline desperately. And that potty trainer in New York was one of my first lifelines that helped me see like, I'm not crazy. And the brain is not fixed. It is malleable and it molds with experience. So now it's just like, you know, I always say it's all about making my life easier. And like now my life is a lot easier. So I can do more for myself. Well, and and the rest of your family. No, exactly. So then, I mean, and you do, you help a lot of people. You have people that have called you from around the world. I'm sorry, you cut out. Say it one more time. Oh, sorry. Oh, because my internet connection is unstable. Am I back? Yes. Okay, good. Woo. (laughs) Internet, come on. Um, You have people that have called you from around the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's humbling. People are just told this story of limits and yeah, do this therapy and, um, and the therapists are doing their best, you know, but it's like moving up, pushing a boulder uphill and it's so stifling. And the further you get along into elementary school, the smaller the box is and the bigger the boulder is you're trying to push up the up the mountain and it feels like you're negotiating with North Korea because everyone, all the experts are saying, um, no, here's the plan. Here's what we do. And I'm like, well, we're going to, we're going to try new things. And he's can already read and ski and this and that, like the brain is not fixed. So you're just, you know, banging your head against the wall. So we're just beyond thrilled that he's found a wonderful private school that looks beyond the, Down syndrome diagnosis. It's just an extra chromosome. Who cares? You know, sometimes I just, of course, you need the diagnosis and you need to know what specialist to follow them. But sometimes I'm like, who cares? You know, and now we are at the point where it's like, who cares? And we don't talk to them about Down syndrome because it's not, Ryan is not Down syndrome. Ryan is Ryan. Gotcha. Yeah. And you don't, he doesn't need that definition. Right. Yeah. So it's just an ex. Yeah. He's just a boy who had a bunch of chronic illness uh, issues. And once we were able to turn those around and we got Dr. Zhang to help treat his development, his brain MRI showed that he does not even have signs of a developmental delay, let alone Down syndrome. That's just unbelievable. I mean, that that's so golly. Pat yourself on the back for that. No, I didn't do it. And, you but know, you we did. don't have trillions of studies on on kids' brains with Down syndrome, but enough to show that typically they would, you know, the world-renowned pediatric neurologists was like, normally I would see a smaller gray matter, smaller, you know, this and that, atrophy, and I don't see a single sign of that. And he said, normally he can see all that and then go confirm in the chart that a child has a developmental delay. And so... so- What's been happening is these neurologists will say, oh, he can't do X, Y, Z because this or that malformation in his brain. And so what Ryan's case shows is that um, (laughs) neuroplasticity is the key to life, meaning the brain is malleable and it molds with experience and all cells 
you know, like, right. Right. We have like more tools that we, we should probably explore. There's a lot there. more that we don't know than we do know. So start, start exploring. I love it. So Mara, um, you're open to people listening to you. And I, I know that, you know, you have this podcast, other podcasts that you can like send to people so that they can learn. But how would people get in touch with you? Do you want more people to get in touch with you? I mean, I'm happy to help. I think, you know, shame on me if I don't try to help improve the trajectory of the next generation. I think that was kind of the first thing we thought of in the moments we learned Ryan had Down syndrome was just like, we have to help improve the plan. So (laughs) So my Instagram is probably the best. uh, Yeah. What is your Instagram? It's just at Maura Seneff. M-A-U-R-A, all one word, Senef, S like Sam, E is an Edward, N N E is an Edward, F F. Awesome. I think it's Foxtrot. Foxtrot is what my husband who was in the <laughs> army said. <laughs> I love it. And then like, oh. um, the the different um, do you just want to name some of the the different doctors? I mean, we've talked about Dr. Zhang and who is mm-hmm. the person up in New York? So she is um, Samantha Allen with New York City Potty Training.com, which sounds so basic. But when I called her to interview her, I said, Have you trained anyone with, you know, Down syndrome, look, gross motor delay, speech delay, this, that? She's like, I've trained a girl where when she looked to the right, she fell off the chair. Oh my God. And I was like, You're my girl. We'll be there. Awesome. <laughs> so, you know, she's unbelievable. But we, I can't express enough that everything is connected. Like we had to improve his GI and constipation to keep him successful exactly. long-term. We had, you know what I mean? Like we ended up with this GI up there who put Ryan on a daily suppository for over a year. And it was kind of a band-aid till we could overhaul his health, you know? Right. And then we got yeah. on all this colon blow and that was a nightmare. But you know, everything is connected. I can't express that enough that of course it's important to have all these specialists following him, but we can't be looking at his kidneys in a vacuum. No. And not be looking at his respiratory infections and his vision. And the biggest thing that was such an aha moment for me was on, you know, maybe week three, Dr. Zhang had gotten Ryan pooping every day on his own. And I was mind blown. And then I said, did I forget to tell you he has all these respiratory infections in the winter? I mean, that's like really bad. And I had no clue that she could help with that. And she said, oh, once we stabilize his stomach, he will have fewer respiratory infections. And that's when I was like, oh, this isn't just about Ryan. This is about, we need to explore this because people need to know exactly. <laughs> if this works. Because if this exactly. works, there are millions of people out there who are, like I always say, dying for a lifeline. Exactly. So sure enough, he's made it through the couple winters now with um, the flu and the stomach flu going around his class. He didn't get it. All right. That's awesome. So, <laughs> so I love it. You're right. It's all connected. Everything in our body is connected. And, you know, we, we cannot treat just 
the one. The one thing is a result of many other things that are going on in the system. So it's it's definitely the more holistic approach to anything you have going on medically is the way to go. Well, Mara, this has been awesome. I thank well, you thank for you. sharing all of this with us. I love it. Thank you. It's amazing. Next time we'll have to done. talk about. Next time we'll have to talk about Alzheimer's and how this all connects. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's another huge one. That is another huge one. Well, 100% of people with Down syndrome have signs of Alzheimer's on their brain by age 40. Uh huh. And so they do a lot of research on people with Down syndrome for Alzheimer's. So I did not know. Again, the neuroplasticity. Is it because no one ever made them use their brain or. So Dr. Zhang working on all of his brain stuff. It'll be interesting to see what Ryan's brain looks like by age 40. I'll be darn. All right. Dr. Zhang, you're <laughs> sorry, I'll get, just like, leave you with that. Dr. Zhang is gonna like have a million people calling her. She does. Trust <laughs> me. I already she, did. It's, people it's, are like, she's busy. I didn't hear back. I'm like, you can't just like call her and chat. She's, you know. <laughs> yeah, just just but I'm telling you, I was so happy I reached out to her and I'm I'm excited oh, to good. see what's gonna happen for me. She is light years ahead of her time. It's amazing. I light love it. Years. Well, thank, thank you, ma'am. You. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And everyone out there, you have been listening to a Mishmash. We love you much. Have pleasant days. Talk to you soon.